Yo, yo, yo! What is up, yo? How are we doing? What's up with you? Um, it's the goddamn Wednesday show. How the fuck are you guys doing? How are you getting on out there? There is loads happening, isn't there? There's uh, COP27, the climate crisis, the NHS is in crisis, Brexit is still going on and is also in crisis. As is the pandemic. Um, just, uh, you know, silent assassining in the background. I mean, like, you've sort of forgotten about it, haven't you? But it is there. Just this cheeky little covid reaper slaying a few grandmas over here and, you know, a few immunodeficient grandpas over there. And, I mean, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just come out and say it. Um... I'm sorry to get this dark this early on in an episode, but um, maybe this is just where one crisis solves another, you know? Like a few grandmas and grandpas snuffed out either through the last few ripples of COVID or through their heating getting switched off through the cost of living crisis. You know, one, one, one or the other of these crises... Maybe those kind of solve the social care crisis and the housing crisis. I'm just, you know, like, I'm sorry, Jeff, your mum died of respiratory failure and, you know, your father's frozen solid. Dude looks like a fucking hand solo in a frozen block. <laughs> it's game over for both of them. I'm sorry that that's happened to you. But are you OK? And Jeff is like, actually, yes, Um, I now have a three-bed bungalow <laughs> and i don't even need to pay for their social care boom it is the rarely heard upside of an international gas shortage and indeed a deadly pandemic um welcome to this uh most <laughs> most cheery and uplifting of uh wednesday solo shows if you're new to the uh the podcast i do your, uh, i do a wednesday one uh and uh and then a friday night one where i usually have a guest on um uh today we're starting with the apparently we're starting with the uplifting uh discussion of why it's not necessarily a bad thing if your parents get wiped out by the pandemic and or frozen solid this winter um you know looking like jack at the end of the shining uh no like these things these things are sad i get it mourning the death of your parents I understand that could be saddening, but you've got to make these things work for you. You've got to, like, if it helps solve the housing crisis, if it helps solve a huge, colossal social care bill, I'm just saying, glass is half full. Um, anyway, let's, <laughs> let's try and at least feign uplifting positivity on this, uh, on this podcast that we put out for a bunch of people that we call Binfluencers or members of the Binfluencer cult. <laughs> uh, what's going on out there at the moment? Um, well, over in the States, there's lots going on. Uh, Trump, you know, the Republicans, the midterms, 
Uh, and of course, you know, we can't we can't do this week's show without talking about Elon Musk and the total fucking abortion that he's made of Twitter. Why is it why is it always the people who really need a quick bout of imposter syndrome who never have it? <laughs> They're never troubled by imposter syndrome. It's just, yeah, yeah, I should own Twitter and I should just do whatever the fuck I like with it. Like, hang on a second. Just <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit. Like, it's funny, we, we spend so much time telling our kids to be confident, you know? Pursue your dreams. Don't let anybody hold you back, son. Like, I, I see people like Elon Musk and Donald Trump and uh, Kanye West. And I, do you know what? I will say, I will throw him out there. Kevin Hart, too. I get this same thing from Kevin Hart. And, and Boris Johnson, right? They 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 don't just try their hands at, at, like, anything like that. I mean, that's an admirable trait. They don't just try their hands. They just... Instead, they just throw themselves into everything. They have to run and control everything. Like, they just bulldoze their way in, into the shit, you know, with no understanding of the nuances and, and complexities. And it just makes me think, like, maybe there's, maybe there's a place for telling your kid, not you. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's some accolade to be bestowed upon parents who are willing to tell their kid, ah, I don't know if that's for you, right? Like, Dad, everyone at my school wants to be like Justin Bieber. I'm going to be like Justin Bieber, Dad. No, I'm afraid not. <laughs> like, maybe you should be encouraging. Maybe you should love your child and support them and be nice to their friends and congratulate them when they do well on their shit. But maybe there's a place for being like, I don't know if you're cut out for Arena Tours and a five-album deal from Jive Records, son. I, I just don't know. If that's if that's in you, I just you know, like it's entirely possible that the sociopathy is already too developed by that age, even you know. And you'll say, I don't know if you if you're likely to be a professional singer, and they'll go, "Fuck you, I'm gonna do it," and then you know, blame everyone else when they fail. <laughs> but I'm just saying, try. You know, just try and bring them... Like, you owe it to society. You kind of owe it to Western liberal democracy to stamp on your kids' dreams a bit, is all I'm saying. Just bulldozing in there like, oh, I'm going to be president! Crayons falling out their mouth. Did nobody ever sit down, Donald Trump, and go, um, just feel like maybe this thing over here is... It, it might be a stretch for you, you know? That same attitude is what you see in Elon Musk. It's like, fuck this, I'm, I'm buying the joint. I'll run it myself. Like, I don't know, man. It's like, like I wrote this thing on Twitter the other day. Um, or maybe it was on a TikTok comment. I can't remember. Uh, but I was saying like, like the, Elon Musk and Donald Trump 
I'm positive that they have skills that I don't. I'm sure of that. I'm like, I'm sure they've got things to offer. I'm, I'm sure they have attributes that I would be jealous of. I'm positive of that. I'm sure that they possess skills that I do not possess. But honestly, the one thing that I possess that completely evades the two of them is the ability to say, hmm, that is outside of my skill set. <laughs> like, maybe I should leave that to somebody else who knows what the fuck they're doing and what they're talking about. That is one of my skills. The ability to say, I, I cannot do that, you know? And that is inarguably, and paradoxically, kind of the greatest skill of them all, isn't it? You know, knowing when you're shit. <laughs> or at least too shit for this thing, whatever that may be. That is a skill. I mean, you know, it's ego, really, I suppose. It's just, you know... Like everyone makes a big thing about, you know, Musk buying Twitter for his own ego and Trump has to be president again for his own ego. And like, I'm not that much better when I think about it, because it's like the reason that I don't propel myself into situations that I strongly suspect I would be shit at. It's not because <laughs> I'm a super humble, amazing person. It's It's just ego. It's just my ego going... Look, I don't know if I want to deal with everyone seeing how much of a crushing failure I will definitely turn out to be <laughs> with this thing that I'm already certain I would not be. You know, that's all it is. It's just my ego stepping in the way going, ah, 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 no, wait, hold on. Has anyone told you that you would be the greatest potter in the world, Aid? No. Well, then just fucking hold, hold steady for a minute. Anyway, with Musk, it's, you know, it's weird because if you can hear this noise, that is the sound of me opening my beer. Join me. Um, with Musk, it's, it's strange because we're, we're conditioned to think that he's this, what, like, robotic, alien-like genius, aren't we? It's like when Musk buys up a company... What's the narrative that you get hurt, uh, spun to you? It's like, oh, fuck yeah, it's on. He bought Tesla. Now it's motherfucking Tesla, bro. He built PayPal. He didn't like LA traffic, so he built a bunch of tunnels. What a guy. What a genius. And look, I'm sure he's a clever guy. And good for him for being so. But with Twitter, I don't see how anyone could think that like making an offering making making a product where it's like anyone with eight bucks can get verified like how can you see that as a smart move it's just not and that is this product now basically how do the problems with that escape elon musk's gargantuan brain like, I'm not even smart. <laughs> I wouldn't put myself in the bracket of, like, smart people. Oh, yeah, that A. Thompson, he's highly intelligent. No, not even close. So how is it possible that I, a fucking idiot who broadcasts from his shed, how, how is it possible that I can see the fucking marching band announcing the issues <laughs> with this, this problem? 
with this new product. And this guy, who is heralded as a genius, it has eluded him. How is that possible? Anyone with eight bucks can get verified. How do the problems with that escape Musk? How does it evade him? That verifying, you know, anyone, <laughs> anyone who has eight dollars and have their replies and their tweets prioritized and promoted, that that might bring some problems with it. You know, like, how is that going to improve the discourse? Exactly. How is putting Professor David's replies about, say, you know, vaccines or trade legislation on equal footing with... Right, so that's, that's Professor Dave. How is putting his replies on an equal footing with Pub Dave's fucking nonsense going to help the discourse can someone fucking explain that to me riddle me that like come on like doesn't it make you want to jump on a plane to california and slap him around the chops with a wet kipper like what the fuck are you doing you're putting you're putting the opinions thoughts and shitty asides on equal footing with this legitimate academic here really with experts christ elon for what <laughs> for balance this warped idea of free speech and balance is what got us into this mess you fucking lunatic you moron elon how can you not see that in your oversized brain and of course you know i know you guys know this because you are smart decent good people dear listeners so why couldn't Musk, is my question. How does a guy that smart, and provably smart, flip to the short-termist solution? Like, how do, how do we make this thing make money? How, how do we make it profit? Oh, I know, you, we'll, we'll charge them $8. But uh, I, I don't know, fuck it. Give, give them a blue tick if they pay the $8. Like... <laughs> Have, uh, have you thought this through, Mr. Musk? Uh, did, did I stutter? No, no, it's just, uh, you know, I, I fear and uh, I feel that uh, it might fundamentally ruin the app. You know, Musk is just like, well, you know, luckily I don't give a flying fuck about how you feel. You're fired. Like, that's the sort of, <laughs> that's the kind of vibe that is coming out of Twitter at the moment it is musk or bust disagree with the boss you're fucking gonzo his way or the highway sort of thing right like here's here's my beef with it right like isn't it going to be confusing as fuck for everyone else because like you're going to see the blue tick there and assume it's someone who knows what they're talking about right because twitter's been around for fucking years and we've all learned to associate that blue tick with a sort of prestige with a like this is someone who i should be aware of or something you know someone who is sane you hope and doesn't tweet nonsense at 2 a.m when their mum isn't around to police the internet use you know but you're gonna be reading fucking long ass threads that have been spaffed out by supposedly verified 
people now but it's not going to be coming from a newsroom with fact checkers and sources and lawyers it's going to come from a blue tick account but it'll be some guy with his 76 year old mum like ragging on him from behind you know she's going to see that he's back on the like gary can you get off the computer gary what are you doing are you on conservative home again and he's like no mum it's twitter oh god not again what is it this time and she like inspects what he's working like what he's fucking around on the internet at 1am like oh great oh it's an it's a 19 tweet thread about why chinese people are neurologically inferior oh oh and you've got a blue tick how wonderful what an improved enlightened discourse we are all experiencing it like like it's gonna be a shit ton of that you know verified official looking garbage is <laughs> is is what twitter is going to become now and to put it plainly aren't the you know more impressionable people out there you know the morons <laughs> the morons online aren't they going to associate your tick with prestige and they're going to think this is someone i should listen to you know, this fucking at Joey Smithson 349285 in Dagenham. You know, oh, he's got some thoughts about immigration and I should I should read this stuff and I shall now take it at face value. I shall now interpret this as verified. You know, the more impressionable people out there, because not everyone reads the news. Not everyone will be aware of the changes that are going on at Twitter necessarily. Maybe they just drink that shit in. So I don't know, like, not like not to bat you around the head with this, because I'm sure, you know, you understand my point. But you have two pillars of awfulness with this. You have the mathematical promotion of shit information that will be promoted up the ranks from your Gary and Dagenham going on about fucking immigration or whatever that's going to rank higher now and conversely you're going to have legit academics who won't pay the eight dollars a month who are going to fall further down like the rankings you won't see them so much so and then the third pillar is that you're going to have people's perceptions of the blue tick being worth listening to right and these three things together are all going to make twitter shitter <laughs> excuse me and for me it kind of like it, it gets back to the like the point the crux of this sort of like free speech fundamentalism i don't know if you guys are familiar with that phrase i've heard it bandied about quite a lot recently free speech fundamentalism that's what this all like for me kind of goes back to it's the difference between accepting that people should be able to share their thoughts and ideas, but that maybe there might be some restriction or some consequences on those ideas and thoughts and feelings. Or being a total simpleton and being like, I should be able to say anything wherever I am, whatever, and nothing can ever happen to me. It is the difference between those two things. It's like Elon Musk is often seen as a sort of, you know, fire-breathing, free-speech preacher, isn't he? But I always think that whole, you know, 
down with censorship and it's cancel culture and you know the whole um uh the solution to offensive speech is more speech you know like those ideas they are not without their nuances right and unfortunately a huge chunk of people are just irredeemably stupid and cannot comprehend that like it's free speech or it's state-sponsored censorship like it's black and white to them it's binary choices but here is the problem right here is let, let me sort of color this in for you a little bit it's like with free speech this romantic idea that everybody likes to tap back into that all started like what a century two centuries ago I'm showing my complete lack of history knowledge here. Someone will correct me. No, I don't care. Uh, when people first came up with the idea of, of free speech, trumping everything, it was kind of like it was at a time when it, it was just a fucking town hall. You'd have some idiot stand up and interrupt the meeting, put his hand up, and he would say something moronic, like... I think there should be no black people allowed in this village. And that is a that is a bold statement, right? But remember, this is maybe this is in 1700s, 1800s. So here he is. He's in a town hall meeting. He holds his hand up. And he says that. He says, I don't think there should be black people allowed in this village. And then someone else might stand up and say... That is perfectly reasonable, right? So you got two guys here kind of agree with each other. Then someone else says, on what basis? Like that, challenging them. And then this guy, the first guy, he comes back and he'll say, they steal all my food and they poached my livestock and they fuck my daughters. <laughs> I don't know why that had to be there in there. <laughs> Let's just roll with it. And then, right, so in this town hall, you know, this guy says this, that guy says, well, on what basis? And then this guy says, they steal all my food, they poach my livestock, and they, they fuck my daughters. But then free speech debate, like, it all kicks in and it would pull it apart, right? In this pre-internet, pre-technology town hall meeting with 50 people, a tribe's worth of people, basically. It would be like, you know, some, some guy would put his hand up and he'd go, well, hang on, Phil. Hang, hang on just a dangling minute. They're only stealing because they, like, nobody will give them jobs. They're only stealing because nobody will employ them to give them money to buy their own food. It's a socioeconomic problem, not a defect in their genetic makeup that makes black people more fucking steely. And, and they poach your livestock because they don't want to steal your food forever. They want to farm their own animals, goddammit. Start a farm. Work hard. Have some dignity. And then the fir first guy will be like, God damn it, you're right, Randy. Then he comes back in again. And, and your daughters, well, hell, I'm sorry to have to say this in front of the whole dang town, Phil, but uh, what is it, Randy? Just come out and say it. Get your big boy boots on. Well, hell, Phil. Everyone's been fucking your daughters. The whole damn town's been doing a goddamn conga line from the, black, from the blacksmiths to the boutique. Hey, everyone? Hey, everyone. <laughs> Matter of fact, those black fellas just stopped by, asking for directions, tried to make friends and settle in. Got confused and thought it was some kind of uh, town tradition. 
They thought it was best to try to integrate. So they shrugged and they, they fucked your daughters too. God bless them, they were trying to fit in. <laughs> what? Yeah, it turns out they really are just like us, Phil. <laughs> so you see, like, in that kind of fucked up setting, you know, free speech debates, you would get to a conclusion. You know? Like, this guy thinks this. That guy thinks that. They debate it aloud. And maybe there's a few questions. But within an hour or two, they reach the end game, right? Or something close to it. It's basically, you know, town hall, debate, 50 people, different opinions, discussions, free speech. You could kind of see how that shit reaches a positive outcome in that setting. When free speech was first kind of thought up and romanticized and rolled out, etc., etc. But when you have a billion people all screaming at each other at once about a zillion things and every time phil pipes up there's another 100,000 phils right behind him like you go get him phil don't take don't shit you gotta let him just fuck your girls like that phil i think you should get your 12 gauge show these motherfuckers what being an American is all about, Phil. Ain't that right, fellas? And then a you know, chorus of other Phils all come crashing in. Perfectly choreographed <laughs> to big him up. All with matching red caps and checkered shirts and cans of Coors Light. And each one has an exhausted, unhappy wife next to him. <laughs> like, like, would Phil listen to Randy, whatever the fuck his name was, in that instance? Would he say... God damn it, you're right, Randy. Like, with this echo chamber of a hundred thousand accounts all egging him on, telling him he's got a point, or that he's being oppressed, or it's the second coming of the QAnon Messiah or whatever, you know? Of course not. And so Phil becomes radicalized and amplified. And that is why the whole free speech fundamentalism shit, free speech above all else, is just fucking flawed. And maybe some people <laughs> need to spend less time worrying about their right to say anything and more time thinking about their right to occasionally shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Does anyone else, or did anyone else, get the same feeling from the Elon Musk sink photo. The whole, you know, let that sink in. You know, everything but the kitchen sink photo. I think that was the, the joke he was going for. I'm not really sure. Did you get the same feeling from that photo on that tweet as you did from the Boris Johnson get Brexit done photo? You know, where he says like, uh, this, this, this is going to be a fantastic year for Britain. You know, with his, with his thumb up. <laughs> like, it's the same energy between those two photos and indeed those two gentlemen. It's like I was saying, it's the same sort of like bulldoze your way in, dismissal of facts and challenges and just let your fucking, what is that expression? You know, let your let your ego write checks that your butt can't cash. Like that is that is it in a nutshell. It's the same thing. 
Brexit will be amazing because uh, because I, I am here and I said that it will be amazing. Like, are, are you sure you have the skill set <laughs> to bring this one home? Well, sure, absolutely. You know, meanwhile, there's like aides and hangers on. They're like, oh, God, stand back, everyone. He's about to do something stupid again. <laughs> Then he comes out with shit like, I'm, 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 I'm going to send the virus packing in 12 weeks. Oh, no. No, you're not. You're not a fucking virologist. You don't know what you're talking about, Boris. Stop saying things you know nothing about. I, I, I will, I will um, lay down in, in, in front of the bulldozers to stop this runway being... Bit... Okay, stop it. Stop it now. Come on. This is getting ridiculous. We're going to make a success of Brexit. No, no, no. We, we need to call your doctor. I think this isn't normal. Of course it's normal. I can do anything. I'm amazing. It's the same thing with uh, Musk. The exact same kind of, you know, I can do this because I'm fucking amazing. Anyway, now there's a lot of talk about, you know, people leaving for something called Mastodon. I don't personally think that's going to happen. Uh... Now, I mean, look, I don't, if you want to jump on Mastodon, great. But I jumped on there last night and honestly, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's not the same, but I mean, like, it's not even close. I spent five minutes on it trying to work out what the fuck you do. And I came away telling people to just like follow me onto LinkedIn. Like, <laughs> it's just easier. I will say this though, right? If there is an exodus to Mastodon, if everyone does leave, like, it is absolutely on brand for me that the second I build up a following on Twitter, modest though it may be, the second it happens, the whole shit collapses and everyone fucks off and leaves it. Like, that is perfect. That is so on brand for me it's like finally becoming the best skater in the skate park but it's only because you're still in the skate park you never left you're 35 years old who are you competing with <laughs> like a, f a few other losers who hug on everyone else is fucked off <laughs> it's like yeah i've got fucking ten thousand followers on twitter these days that, that, that is gonna end up being like guys i'm super popular on uh Friends reunited. Well, okay, fucking weirdo. Great. <laughs> and who owns Mastodon anyway? Like, like moving platforms to me seems kind of like ignoring the underlying problem a bit. Does it not? Like the underlying problem with Twitter is, you know, the quality of the conversation and the echo chambering. But the fact that you have served content that inspires you to be angry and, you know, we need to find a way to communicate with one another that isn't incentivized by hate and micro-targeting. <laughs> like, why, why am I being fed Facebook and Twitter contacts and conversations by people like Darren Grimes and fucking Scott Benton? You know, why is that in my in-tray? I don't know that, look, there'll be people who'll say, well, you know, because uh, because you've interacted with them. 
but like you know come on i re i refuse to believe as a technologist as someone who sort of kind of ish knows about this stuff i refuse to believe that amidst the you know oceans of code the Ivy League engineers, the potential of machine learning. I refuse to believe that it is beyond the ability of Twitter to establish that someone I tagged in a shitty tweet is perhaps someone they shouldn't be serving to me on a dinner plate. <laughs> right? Like I, I tagged Scott Benton in a tweet. And I said, because it hasn't stopped fucking raining for like almost a week, right? Today was okay, but there was like four days of nonstop rain. So I said in this tweet, I said, the last four days of nonstop rain are not actually due to climate change. It is just Scott Benton's weeping ancestors. And look, petty? Sure. Uh, childish? <laughs> uh, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, did I delete it soon afterwards? Uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm still pretty proud of that one. <laughs> but should Twitter kind of know that it is not someone they should responsibly be serving me? Should they kind of know that? I kind of think they should know that. I feel like they should flag me, if anything, you know? Like, this guy... This aid guy seems hostile. Maybe we... Maybe we, as a responsible organization or utility maybe we owe it to old uh betfair benton and his ashamed family to not serve him up to people who vitriolically acerbically fucking detest him <laughs> maybe we don't hand him up feed him to the lions like that as a responsible digital product i don't know Anyway, what else is going on? Um, there are widely expected developments over in the US right now. Uh, and more specifically, you know, developments, movements in the ever-changing, forward-thinking Republican Party. The epicenter of innovation and uh, 21st century political thought, the GOP. And they are quite clearly about to, I mean, if I, there's a lot of people saying that they're not going to pursue Donald Trump any longer off the back of these midterms. Um, but I just don't believe that this number of cherry picked MAGA Trumpster candidates will feel strong enough. Like if you're the kind of person who bends over backwards, is, is willing to spout the big lie and say that the 2020 election was stolen. If you're into QAnon, if you're anti-vax, if you bent over a barrel and said, come and fucking take me, Donny. In the, in the public space, would you be willing to ditch him now over this fairly abysmal Republican performance at the midterms. Would you? I don't know if you would. So I think, I don't know, maybe he's odds on to still get the nomination for the Republican Party for the 2024 election. So on that basis, are there still Republicans, their client journalists, uh, their friends and family, 
Republican voters. Are there still these guys who are ready to wank themselves limp over the quite real possibility, I think, of Donald Trump becoming the, or, or at least going for the presidency again? You know, I think probably there's a room full, <laughs> a boardroom full, in fact, of white guys with empty balls who've just jerked each other senseless at the thought of Trump being back in the White House. I think that's probably happened, even in the last six hours. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, these forward-thinking, innovative motherfuckers, these, you know... But that's when you know your future is in safe hands, isn't it? When you know that the Republicans are the party to take us into the 21st century with 21st century problems to solve, guys. When it's the same party that the best they can do is the guy that lost the election last time round. Like, like it's a bit of a slap round the chops to American voters, isn't it? Like, it feels like it's a bit of a... Like, serving them up the same guy they rejected last time. The same guy that's lost the popular vote twice in a row. Like, they've told you how they feel about him already. They've been quite clear. Unanimous, almost. Like, putting Trump back on the red ticket is like... You know, it's like in, in 2020. They were like, well, here's our candidate, Donald Trump. All right, well, um, we want the other guy. Oh, uh, I, wrong answer. Like, that is... That is the vibe from the Republican. Like, you, you want to try that again? <laughs> like... They don't seem able to accept that maybe the American people are... That's not what they're looking for. They don't appear to be able to accept the results. Of, like, I mean, look, we metropolitan elite tofu-scoffing Ramonas get no end of shit for not being able to accept the result of a democratic event. But even we look at the American Republican Party like, damn, <laughs> these guys can really not accept a result. Like, Mr. Trump, uh, I'm afraid you've not been successful this time round. No, no, it was, it was stolen from me. It's not real. Get me Georgia on the phone now. Like... Like, can you just accept it, please? Like, then six months later, you know, it's bled out from the Trumps. Now it's on Fox. To begin with, Fox were like, yeah, you need to get him to stand down. He's making a dick out of himself. Like, he's lost the election. Let's just fucking move. That, that was Fox News' stance. People like fucking, what's that guy's name? Can't remember his name now. Not Tucker Carlson, the other old white fucking, slightly older, gray-haired guy. Uh... Fanahy? I can't remember his fucking name now. He was texting the Trumps saying, you've got to get him to stand down. And then six months later, Fox News are like, hey, welcome back to Fox, where we are totally cool with platforming Republicans who flat out deny the result of a free and fair election. <laughs> the 2020 election did not happen. In fact, 2020 did not fucking happen. You look into Republican history books for 2020, it's just blank. It's whited out. Shit is like the 13th floor on a hotel. It's just not there. Like, they just cannot accept a result. And then 18 months after that, and it's like, yeah, you know how you uh, 
you know how you voted for the wrong guy in 2020? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I'd put it quite like that. Right, well, uh, here's our guy again. You, you want another crack at this? It's like that, just serving up the same shit again and again. It's amazing. Like, what a deeply inspiring place the modern Republican Party must be. Like, just imagine looking around all the candidates in a room, scrolling through the faces on the GOP.com About Us page or, you know, whatever. And you're supposed to pick someone who you think is best place to tackle the challenges that America faces, that the world faces. Just imagine looking at all those faces all the way down the GOP calendar or, you know, whatever. You've got to try to pick the best suitable candidate for the GOP to win an election, to solve the problems. And the best you could do, you get to the end of the thing and you're like, yeah, there is uh, nobody better than Donald Trump. Like, oh, God. I don't know, man. Like, if... <laughs> If Donald Trump is the answer to your problems, may I put it delicately to you that you probably did not understand the question. It may have been beyond you or, or indeed outside of your skill set. Fucking, you know, climate change, automation taking people's jobs, the growing threat from China, COVID, the draconian American judicial system, the lack of healthcare, all of these complex problems. And your answer is... Yeah, uh, get the 2016 guy back again. I've, yeah. <laughs> and look, you know, sorry to go off on a tangent, but far be it from me to criticize people for living in the past. I mean, look, any anyone that is familiar with my Spotify playlist can tell you that I am irretrievably rooted, anchored even, in fucking, you know, the grunge stylings of the mid-90s. <laughs> there is no modernizing going on there. My Spotify could easily be, you know, a soundtrack to an independently produced teen drama from 96, I think. Like, uh, you know, I don't even know why they bother trying to collate me a new playlist every Monday. They could just serve me the Reality Bites soundtrack again and again and i'd be like yeah yeah this is uh this is me i like this um but at least you know like spotify is one thing at least when it comes to politics i try to think about the future about the planet and the country's employment prospects and where we need to invest in like i feel like whether it's the tories though or you know or or, or republicans like if it's tories going fox hunting or glorifying the blitz or Republicans harking back to a golden era of, of Rust Belt industrialization and, uh, you know, Motown car manufacture or like, like in both cases, I'm like, that period is not going to come again. That is done. The credits are rolling. It's over. But like, I mean, I think what a big part of it is, is like... Like, psychologically, for conservative voters here and in the States, it's like, you know, they tend to be a bit older, right? And I think the average age of a conservative voter in the UK 
was understood to be uh, it's about 72 i think I, re- I read it earlier in the week about 72 in the uk if you vote conservative now by the age of 72 i don't think it's unreasonable to think that maybe you wonder if the world's moved on you know i know that sounds harsh i don't mean it in a mean way i just mean when i'm 70 i expect i will wonder exactly where i fit in you know if the world has moved on from me like i'll you know when i'm 70 it will be all you know the vr shit and the metaverse and no one will interact with one another anymore because they're willingly plugged into the matrix you know or they'll just if they do exist in the real world they'll buy like artificial intelligence robots that will interact with them in the perfect way that they want to be interacted with. That'll all be like algorithmed and echo chambered too. Like that is what's going to be the next fucking event horizon horror of humankind that we get swallowed up into. And I, again, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent here, but like you need to know this stuff, guys. As, as a technologist, this is what's going to happen. When AI robots actually go on the market and you can just teach them... Or, or they teach themselves how to react to you and interact with you in a way that you like. And they'll tell you stories that they've selected from a library of 10 million people that have all voted and upvoted these particular stories that match your personality type perfectly. Algorithm to fuck, you know? Like, basically, people will end up opting to spend time with sycophant robots rather than stand a chance of being disappointed with a substandard evening and shit company with an actual human that is going to happen (laughs) you're going to get pied off by your best mate because his robot is funner (laughs) that's that is going to happen because your primitive ape brain like it tries to come up with witty one-liners It tries to tell him about something funny that happened at work that day. But it's just too shit and too apey and primitive. It is no match for this machine-learning perfect robot brain that can amuse your best mate with a 98% success rate. You're going to send your mate an IM. (laughs) Like... Uh, hey Dave, yeah, it's it's my birthday tomorrow. Um, do you do you want to catch up? And your mate is gonna message back like, Nah, I'm just uh, just gonna watch TV with my robot. <laughs> like you're gonna get pied off because your mate prefers hanging out with. Anyway, look, we're way off on a tangent as per usual. Um, look, when I'm seventy odd, I think that's where I was, right? When I'm seventy ish. And that is the world. I don't think it's outrageous to think. I will probably feel like a spectator in society rather than a participant, right? You're going to feel like you've been left behind. Like, where do I fit in with all this change, with this impersonal technology? It's just like, and if someone then told me that it's time to get back to the good old days, you know? when humans talk to one another and you'd go to a bar and there would be real bar staff there and and you could go watch a game and football players on the field were real people and not cyborgs like like i think psychology 
sorry, psychologically, I think that's the thing. I think it's this fear of being eclipsed, you know, by a new dawn or something, feeling left behind, like, like your time is done, old timer. The world's moved on. It's like your old news, your scrap heap. Like, so then when some top hatted Tory gets up and starts talking about, you know, traditional values or the blitz, that kind of feels right then, right? It'd be feeling like reassuring, I think. And equally, like when a Republican gets up and says, we're going to make America great again, just like it was when you had that job in the factory. You remember? I'm going to make that happen. And it's not that you're old and irrelevant and veiny <laughs> and that you're impressionable. Hank, it's that these these kids out here, they don't know how good America used to be. And we can bring it back to that. We can show these whippersnappers with their MacBooks and their lattes and avocados. We can bring it back, guys. Vote for me. Like, I think that's a big part of it. This fear of being left behind, of feeling like a spectator, not an actual someone who's affecting change anymore, a participant. You've been relegated to the benches, is I assume how it feels. Now, the only problem with marketing your party to people like that and those people putting all of their trust and faith in you, bringing it back to the good old days, is unfortunately, time doesn't go back, right? Time just goes forward, linear. And like, you know, all these Americans who are happily going to go and vote for Trump again, assuming he does get the nomination or all the ones that voted for him in the midterms who want to get America back to this bygone era. They're fighting a losing battle with physics, man. It's like, I mean, it's like, what were they saying in 2016 in the run up to that one? They were like, we're going to reopen the coal mines. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> You fuck! Stop saying you are. You're not. Yeah, no, I am. Because that's when things were great, when people had coal jobs and things were different. Right. But none of these fucking coal mining companies would want manual labor anymore. <laughs> it's all automated. It is all just machines now. Right. Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll tax them more if they, uh, if they don't use people, we'll just tax them. Right, okay, well, but then if they use people, they'll make that product more expensive. And who the fuck uses coal now anyway? It's all natural gas. And even if you switched it back, the corporations who buy this shit would just buy it from outside America, where it's cheaper. But, uh, but I, uh, you fucking idiot. Like, it's, time has, ra time has ravaged those industries. They are not viable any longer. And coal isn't the only thing, you know, it's the same with cars, it's the same with steel, it's the same with oil in Texas and around that part. I'm not saying there aren't jobs in them, I just mean, you know, there aren't the same jobs and there aren't the same number of jobs, you know, blue collar, rust belt jobs in the same way as they used to be. Because the companies that wanted to do that shit are uh, moved with the times. <laughs> so that's the great fucking crushing irony of this shit, isn't it?
Like, 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 how can big business who invest generously in technology and automation and optimization and inventing new shit, how can big business be so cozy with Republicans who are so fucking backward? We're going to reopen the coal mines. No. We want to, uh, we want to instill a million jobs for blue collar workers. Right. Well, um, here's the thing, uh, Donald, uh, we don't, we don't really need a million of those guys anymore. We like, we have machines. We opened a factory in India and uh, one in Indonesia too. So, okay. Well, um, <clears throat> I, uh, Here's the thing. I stood outside and I waved a flag and uh, I said I was going to take us back to the good old days. Uh-huh. So how how do we make this work? Well, um, well, you can't. Uh, we, you know, we, we don't need them. Like, can they do something else? I mean, we, like, we need a bunch of tech guys to code this shit and, you know, optimize it and innovate and, you know, invent new shit and, and, and remain profitable and relevant in the 21st century. Could you get us a million software engineers? No. Blue collar guys only. <laughs> like, like, can't you retrain them? No. 20th century skill sets only. Real America. Apple pie. John Denver. Okay, I, I, um... Uh, I don't understand what's happening now. Clint Eastwood, Ohio, Kennedy. Right? Are you just uh, are you just saying things now? Or oh, oh, okay. Look, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. And what I'm hearing is that you are innovating and moving into the 21st century. That's right. Thank you. Well, maybe the Republican Party could have a role in that too. All right. Okay. Well, now we're talking. Yeah. You see, you're going to modernize. Is it like, you know, online voting or you're going to invest in tech skills? Maybe. No, 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 no. Um, I, I meant uh, maybe we just uh, uh, maybe you donate $10 million to my election fund and we just put this whole blue collar rust belt thing on the back burner. What do you say? Like that is <laughs> like how how do they make such weird bedfellows? Big business who invest in tech and the 21st century and the Republican Party who want to sit anchored in the past. How do they how are they such good bedfellows? Like, is it, is it a hate fuck? Because that is the only way that it makes sense to me. How do we reconcile those two things being pro business? taking donations from big oil, energy corps, shaking hands with these companies, all of which invest heavily in automation and the future. How do you square that circle? The we're reopening the coal mines bullshit. And this is what gets me, man. Like, it's so obviously horseshit, right? When they say they're going to bring back the Rust Belt glory days and... And it's like, well, all of your donors are heavily automated. So, like, I I don't believe that they're so stupid and ill-informed that they don't know that shit, right? They've got good relations with these big companies. They're, you know, say what you like about Donald Trump, but he will no doubt be s surrounded by, like, Ivy League, clever, smart people who will know this shit. 
It's their job to know this shit. So I don't believe that they don't know it. Which means what is left? That it's manipulative, it's cynical, it's evil, it's gross. And it's but it's so transparent as well. And you've you sort of sit back, you're like, how do people fall for this obvious grift? How do they fall for it? It's like the second chapter in the same book as fucking I'm gonna drain the swamp. The whole establishment is crooked, so I'm going to drain the swamp, guys. Everyone's like, well, great. Sure. We're on board with this. Then he gets in office and appoints a buffet of Goldman Sachs alumni into key positions. (laughs) I'm going to drain the swamp. Okay, okay. are you done? You done? Did you finish draining it? Yep. And now refill it <laughs> like no you said you were gonna get rid of them well yes but uh in my defense i uh i didn't say what i was gonna put back in there again <laughs> i've got a great big fuck off swamp here to fill uh guys that's it uh, that's all i've got time for this time um if you are enjoying the podcast and i really hope that you are um please consider jumping on the patreon there's three tiers and they start at just three pounds a month super cheap just enough to buy me a coffee a doff of the cap to me to say thanks very much aid uh appreciate the work that you're putting into them um and here's here's a little something to buy yourself a, a shit can of beer in tesco which i may or may not consume while recording this um if you're not in a position to support via patreon that is fine although you are missing out on two day early access to each of the episodes people who are on patreon get them two days before everyone else you also get exclusive invites to meetups we just did one at the end of october i'm sorting another one out now with uh, super tansky uh, for the coming months uh, that will be like a live show, a live podcasty stand-up thing. That's going to go out to Patreons first. So if you want in on that, now's the time to jump on Patreon. Uh, and that's patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson with an I-N on the end. Um, as I say, if you're not in a position to support financially, that's fine. Totally understand. Uh, all of the episodes do eventually go on to Funk27, which is my website, funk-27.co.uk. Or you can Google it, Funk27. Uh, I put blogs and all of the podcast episodes up there after that two-day Patreon period. Um, so, look, you can you can do that. All I would say, though, is if you are enjoying them, why not just share me about? Why not just click share on this episode or one of the other ones? Or tweet me and say, really enjoying this stuff so I can retweet it. Basically, word of mouth is all in this game. Let's help this fucking thing to grow. Um... Also, if it's your first time listening, I do a solo show like this one on a Wednesday and I have guests on on a Friday. So uh, if you haven't checked out last Friday's, um, please do. It's uh, Professor Martin Spinelli. Um, he joined me to talk about uh, his podcast. He's, he's just finished creating one. It's really fucking good. It's uh, a podcast for, like designed for kids. Kids listen to it. It's, it's like a story, but it's set in the future where people have forgot what it means to be human. And so it's this sort of really clever sci-fi way of educating kids about what it means to be kind and actually why it works for you and why you benefit from like, anyway, I'm overselling it, but go and check out that episode, Martin Spinelli and his podcast is called The Res. If you want to go and um, download that also, Uh, I'll be back on Friday night with a guest until next time. um, Take care of yourselves and yeah, ciao for now. We outie.